We've been working through the book of Romans, and uh, if you're new here or a guest with us today, uh, we've got reading guides uh, outside in our lobby if you'd like to follow along. We also have connection cards if you're a guest with us. Man, it, it, you would do us a great honor to fill out one of those cards. We'd love to connect with you, pray for you. Uh, and if you're looking for a church home, uh, we, we know a really great one. We know a great one. So we're going to spend some time in Romans chapter 5, and if you're following along in the reading guide, there was just 11 verses for this whole week. Uh, that was it, just 11 verses, but, but these are some awesome, spirit-filled, powerful, meaningful verses. So we're going to spend some time in them, but I'm going to move around and jump around a little bit. So we're going to read uh, eventually Romans 5, 1 through 11. But I want to start in verses uh, and read verses 6 through 9 first. So Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 6, it says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Keep going. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. I don't know if you see the connection, but today is a, is a holiday here in our fair land. It is Memorial Day. And as I read that verse, I felt, man, what, what more appropriate verse for today? Uh, because uh, many of us, not only have we lost loved ones, but we know uh, men and women who never got to take the uniform off. They did pay the ultimate sacrifice. So can we just have maybe a moment of silence for, for all of our fallen men and women? Thank you. That verse, I just want to read it again. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. And then it goes on to say, and the next verse is, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. In verse 9, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. As I was thinking about about Memorial Day, a day when we remember men and women, fathers and mothers, children who, who were willing to die for others. There's something we need to see, even in Scripture right here. It's surrounded about, around this core of love and sacrifice. We see the way of God. This is home base for Paul in Romans. He's going to come back to this place again and again. When we were utterly helpless, and just the, you know, in the, in the action movies, the hero always shows up without a second to spare in just the nick of time, in, in, in the exact right moment, Christ showed up and died for us sinners, died for all of us. And this, this way of, of sacrifice, this way of love is the way of God. Let's keep reading. In verse 10 it says, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his, what's that word? Enemies. We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Keep going. 
So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us, what's that word? Friends of God. I love these two verses. They're, they're powerful. When you tie them to the previous verses about a willingness to die for others, you, you find yourself in this weird, this weird place of, of sure, maybe you, you would be willing to die for a friend. Uh, maybe you would be willing to die for, for a spouse or for your kids. Maybe you'd be willing to die for a family member. Uh, uh, maybe even willing to die for somebody who is uh, uh, from the same country or the same team or the same side as you. But would you die for someone who's not on the same side as you? There's this interesting thing that Paul does. So he says again, there's this refrain he repeats again and again in Romans of while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in this verse, he changes it. Did you catch it? Again and again, Paul changes, says while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners. And in verse 10, he says, while we were still his enemies. It's a noticeable change. I, I hope you notice it. And, and our tendency is to some, sometimes kind of downplay sin. Well, if we're all sinners, aren't we all kind of doing it? Aren't we all kind of in this thing together? And we kind of, sometimes we even downplay the seriousness or the gravity, the weight of our sin. And Paul says, has been saying this, using this word sinner and sinner and sinner again and again and again. But now he's like, hey, Maybe this word sinner isn't getting through to you. I need to, I need to remind you again of the gravity, the damage it does to your relationship with God when you sin. And he says, okay, so you're not sinners anymore. He says, really, you're enemies. And that word in Greek means full of hatred with intent to harm. That's who we were. Our tendencies say, oh, well, everyone is sinning, and, and there are bad sins, and then there are sins that are really bad. And this way of thinking is really wrong. Paul seems to think that sin makes us enemies of God. Sin makes us terrorists of God. Sin makes us ISIS of God. Are you with me? Deep-seated hatred bent on inflicting harm. So we need to understand the gravity of this. But then he comes over the top of this and says, but because of Jesus Christ and his sacrificial love for us, we can, verse 11, it says, we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. It says he has made us friends. This word of restoration and making us, in Greek it's katalaso, it means reconciliation. It's the language of exchange. If you take money to a cashier or to a counter, you exchange one thing for something else. And in this case, the exchange that takes happen, the exchange that happens because of the blood of Jesus Christ is your status is no longer enemy, hater of God, but now you have a wonderful new relationship. You become not an enemy, but a friend. 
sometimes the church has been accused of making enemies. We get pretty good at it. But if you look at the fundamental work of God in Jesus Christ, it is a work of reconciliation. God's work is to make enemies friends, even dying for them. Pretty deep stuff, right? It gets better. Want to know something amazing? For those of us who claim Christ as our Lord and Savior, that work of catalasso, of reconciliation, of exchange, that becomes our work too. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. It says, and, and all of this is a gift from God. All right, so the, that word gift in Greek is the word charisma. It's, it's something freely given. And the root of charisma is another word, charis, which is the word, anybody know it? Grace. Grace is always tied into this free gift. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the, listen, listen, God has given us the task of what? Catalasso, of exchanging, of reconciling people to him. Keep going. For God was in Christ reconciling Catalasso, the world to himself, even though we were enemies. He was making us, he was making a way for us to be friends no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of what? Reconciliation. So we are Christ. Uh, I think it says we are Christ ambassadors, but I think it should say we are Christ reconciliation ambassadors. God is making his appeal through who? This work of reconciliation is now through us, and we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. The fundamental work of God in Jesus Christ is a work of reconciliation to make friends of enemies. And that's our work too, amen? So, Let's talk about this wonderful new relationship. What it calls in uh, verse 11. And uh, uh, in the New Living Translation, it uses this word wonderful again and again and again. We're going to talk about wonderful a lot. That's part of this reason this, this teaching series is called Some Kind of Wonderful. Remember in the beginning when Paul is writing to Romans, it begins with good news. He, this is fundamentally a message of good news. Not just good news, wonderful news. And Paul says, through Jesus Christ, we've, uh, God is making friends of enemies, and now we get to enter into this wonderful new relationship with God. And now let's look at verses 1 and 2. These are my favorite. Therefore... Whenever you see a therefore in scripture like that, it should be bold and underlined. It should come across like, therefore, like it's like this is big news, all right? Are you with me? Therefore, since we have been made right, reconciled, 
right? No longer enemies, but friends. So since we have been made right in God's sight by what? Faith. We have peace. Peace is the language of friendship, right? Not the language of enemies, right? So since God has done this work and reconciled us, now we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Amen. And then verse 2. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Just leave that verse up there. I love this verse. Do you see those two words right in the middle? Christ has brought us to this place of, what does it say? Undeserved privilege. It made me think of a ladder. So, are any of you scared of heights? (laughs) Perfect, I'll call on you later. Um, I... I'm not afraid of heights. I love heights. Heights are fun. I can't get high enough. I think it's great. And you know, your mom would always say, don't get too close to the edge. That was me all the time. Like I just, I love it. I think heights are, are fun and exciting and, and interesting. What I am afraid of is ladders like this. Any of you own one of these ladders? Throw it out. I'm not joking. This ladder, look, look, watch. I can bend it with my hand. Right? Look. It is made out of Coke cans. <laughs> Whenever you climb up a ladder like this, the first thing you should think is, I'm going to just stack Coke cans up in a staircase, and I'm going to try to climb them. And what's going to happen? What inevitably happens when you climb little flimsy aluminum ladders like this? Yeah, it's, it's not, nothing about this is going to end well. Look, watch. See? Who, we, we have some pregnant women in here. Come on, pregnant women. Pregnant women, come on. Where are you at? You don't trust the ladder? We got some senior adults here. Come on. What are you afraid of? It's just a, but look, there's the sad truth about this. Every one of us has been on a ladder like this. Isn't that true? This shaky, wobbly, I, I could bend the, I mean, I could break this with nothing. And I'm, I'm kind of sort of okay like this. But if, I, if the wind blows any direction other than straight in front of me or straight behind me, what's going to happen? Yeah. It's going to go to, I'm on the bottom step and look how much it's shaking. But what if I changed it? What if I just changed the, the whole scenario? Um, okay, so let's do this. Uh, Philip, I need you to come up here and Josh come up here and that Josh and that Colin and Rick. You guys go ahead and come on up here. Zach, you come up here too. Zach was asleep, so I called on him. 
Not really. All right, so, so what I want you guys to do, uh, because you are, are powerful men. <laughs> yes, all at one time. I want you guys to be the foundation for this ladder. I just want you to kind of brace yourself on, on every side, get a handle on it, and just hold it as firmly and as steadily as you possibly can. All right, Zach, get in here too. You, you cannot. You cannot. All right, so you guys, you feel like you got it? What do you think? You think they've got it? Do you think it's safe for me to climb it? <laughs> if I trusted these guys, I would. Um, so look, look what happens. Look. When Paul says... All right, we're teaching here, so just... When Paul says, because of Christ Jesus, we have now received a new standing of undeserved privilege, this is what he means. Maybe things in your life have been uncertain. Maybe things in your life have been unstable or shaky. Maybe storms have come and winds have blown. And without Christ, without that standing of undeserved privilege, which, by the way, that's the New Living Translation uh, as definition of the word. If you have a different translation, it says, what's it say? It doesn't say position of undeserved privilege. It says grace. Through faith, we have a new footing we have a whole new foundation. We have a place of, of confident standing in that place. It's actually a location. It's a place. Uh, we have a new footing standing on grace. Are you with me? Amen. All right, I'm getting down. You guys can sit down. Thank you. Let's give them a hand for the muscles. If you read on in the next couple of verses, it's going to talk about what happens when trials come. So what happens when you're on a shaky, rickety ladder and trials come? When the storm comes and the winds rage, your ladder is going to shake and move and you're going to fall. But if trials come, if the wind comes and you're in this place of undeserved privilege through faith, trusting what Christ has done for you, now you have this whole new confident standing, this whole new confident footing. What happens when the wind blows? Nothing. And this weird thing happens too because the stronger the wind blows, it only shows you how much stronger the grace of God is. Amen? Let me show you what I mean. I want to show, uh, show you a picture. This is my friend Casey. Casey was one of my students in student ministry uh, when I was a student minister in Texas. Casey came into my ministry as a little scrawny, runny sixth grader. Now she's uh, in graduate school in Texas. And Casey sent out a post and prayer request this week um, via Facebook. 
And I want to read you what she wrote. She said, I have a few new developments in my life. After my first seizure and ride in an ambulance, an MRI showed a golf ball-sized tumor in my left frontal lobe. I'm headed to MD Anderson for more answers and hopefully a speedy surgery to get me back to normal. She writes, it's amazing what can change in an instant. But listen, what else she writes. And even more amazing how faithful God has been. I have felt every ounce of prayer being poured out on my family and me. And I have nothing but thankfulness. I am praising God for the wonderful people in my life and for the tenderness he has shown me through this whole process. I am completely confident in the power of my healer and in his perfect plan. Now I know you don't know Casey. But from those few words, you know a lot about Casey, don't you? You know something about her footing now, don't you? The strength of the storm only shows the strength of her faith. Through this incredible, difficult, challenging, totally unforeseen time, what you see is her confident foundation. She stands confidently in a place of undeserved privilege. She stands on a wonderful new relationship with God. She stands on grace. In just a few moments, we're going to send you to a time of communion. We have tables set up around the room. Maybe that's a little bit different from your tradition. For us, this is, this is ground zero. We think it's so important. So on these tables are the elements of, of uh, Christ's sacrifice, his body and blood poured out for us so that we would have faith that because he did this thing, we have access to this wonderful new relationship, this, this incredible new place, this new footing, this place of undeserved privilege. And so in just a few minutes, I'm going to send you out and uh, we're just going to have a time of our worship's going to continue through a time of communion. And I encourage you, I encourage you to share together uh, what Christ has done for you this week. How has he spoken to you this morning through his word? Make this a time of sharing. And so I want to share just a few words and then I'll pray and dismiss you to this, uh, this time of communion. Um, let's go back to the beginning. Maybe you have been on the wrong side of this thing. Maybe you have been consumed with sin and find yourself not as a friend of God but as an enemy. And if so, I want you to know that the sacrificial love of God through Jesus Christ is available to you now, here, 
today in this moment. Jesus Christ poured himself out for you so that you would have a wonderful new relationship with God. God's fundamental purpose is a purpose of reconciliation to make to bring you into a relationship with him again for you to be a friend of God. Maybe you who have been catalassoed, reconciled to God, are feeling called to get back into the business of reconciliation in your own life. Do you have enemies that you need to make into friends again? If so, that is the way and purpose of God. And finally, (laughs) maybe things have been shaky lately. I want you to know that today, right now, Christ is inviting you to believe in God. I invite you to have faith and enjoy a whole new footing to confidently stand again in a place of undeserved privilege to stand like Casey, to stand on the grace of God. Let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you so much for your word, for the way it pierces our hearts and and uh, reveals things to us. And so God, I ask that your spirit through, through the power of God's word uh, be at work today, right now, in every heart in this place. God, maybe we've, we've positioned ourselves as enemies. Maybe, God, we've, we've made more enemies than we've made friends. Maybe, Father God, we've, we've tried to do it all our own and been in just this, this desperate, shaky place, tossed and turned by every tide. Father God, I I pray that right now in this place, men and women would be reconciled to you, that we would come to you again through the sacrifice, through the love and through the blood of Jesus Christ to, to belong to you again. I pray that that wonderful new relationship that we have with you through your son, Jesus, God, I pray that we would experience that to the full. And God, I pray the evidence of our faith in you would be seen uh, as we take a whole new footing, as we take a whole new stand on life and the things that are happening around us. Let us know a confident and joyful foundation in this, this gift that you have given us. Let us know your grace in tangible ways, in the ways that we live and move. God, forgive us if we've been shaky. God, give us firm footing. Let us know the the full measure of grace. Let us know the measure of your love. We love you, Father, and in your Son, Jesus' name, everyone together says, Amen.